You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? You know, this might shock you, but actually I'm pretty down. Snow towards yeah. the end of April always gets me down. Well, you know, as uh, Billy Joe Shaver would say, if I hadn't seen your sunshine, I wouldn't know your rain, right? But uh, that 80 degrees last, uh, what was that, last week, 10 days ago now? Yeah. Yep. That, uh, yeah. That, well, that was, maybe that was our summer. You just never know. <laughs> Don't talk like Michigan. That. <laughs> Don't talk like that. Although I do think that uh, in regards to your Billy Joe Shaver uh, quote, I think we need to like start keeping track of all of your quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've probably used that one more than once. So that, that's what you're going to find out is that I only have a few of them. I just repeat them. And there's probably, I probably misquote them differently every time. But. <laughs> Anyways, podcast today, Dave. We got yeah. a uh, interesting topic. We are going to talk about getting real about Social Security. This has been kind of an ongoing discussion with clients, particularly younger clients, for a while. But it seems to be coming to be becoming more prominent. There's more headlines around Social Security and its future. So yeah, time to get real, right? Absolutely. And um, we have actually done a social security podcast in the past as well, but this is just a different take on it, kind mm-hmm. of an updated version in regards to not necessarily what the strategies are, but more about the way people think about it, right or wrong, right. how to kind of address some of those things that are floating through the papers and the news media. Yeah. With, with the main thing being all the headlines recently around funding of social security, which Last year, with inflation being high, there was a huge cost of living adjustment to Social Security, but that then sped up all of the uh, doomsday scenarios around when Social Security starts to run out of money. Right. So we got one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, cost of living adjustment to Social Security in January. So people were very happy to see that come through. But obviously the flip side of the coin is, Dave, if you start giving people more money you're, you know, out of your bank account and it doesn't, it's not growing as fast as it used yes. to, that has the opposite effect on uh, how long this stuff will last. So, you know, the numbers will vary a little bit depending on what source you look at. But, uh, you know, using, um, using an article that ran in the Wall Street Journal last week, which was titled Fear Over Social Security Leads Some to claim retirement benefits early, you know, if Congress does nothing, they would project a 23% cut to benefits as early as 2034. So, you know, the interesting thing about this is uh, it's probably surprising for a lot of people, but maybe it shouldn't be. Social Security has been printing, you know, kind of where the trust fund mm-hmm. is at on your Social Security statement, literally the front page of it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just one of those things, kind of human nature is to forget about it until, you know, kind of it becomes important to you. Um, yeah. and, and Congress is even better at doing that, right? Governing yeah. by triage, is that what you call it, Dave? Uh, crisis. Governing by crisis. There you go. What we do. Yes. And so, you know, in response to this, and, and what the Wall Street Journal article we, we mentioned there a minute ago was, was really getting at is that a lot of people are 
starting their social security right away at 62, figuring if they go ahead and start social security, it's harder to mess with, right? The mm-hmm. current social security beneficiaries won't have to worry about cuts. Right. Yeah. So the, the fear is driving people to make a decision, not necessarily based on the numbers or the strategies that might be most beneficial to you more about, I got to get mine before it's gone. Right. We're not going to go too deep into social security strategies on this podcast. We've talked about it before, but in general, we end up a lot of time from a financial planning standpoint, advising people to delay, right? Mm -hmm. Because their benefit goes up 8% a year, every year from age 62 through age 70. And if you've got the means and you're concerned about longevity, spending more from your portfolio in your 60s to get a higher benefit makes sense for a lot of people. Not everyone, but for a lot of people. So so really what we have here is a lot of people making a decision that they wouldn't normally make from a financial planning standpoint out of fear of what's going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting to me about this decision, and we can talk a little bit about why people make decisions out of fear. But also, like from the general standpoint, the more people that take Social Security earlier based on the way the system is <laughs> yes. set up, the better it is for the longevity of Social Security, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Ironic, but true. Because then they'll, they'll, they're locking in what is likely going to be a lower Social Security benefit, right? which takes a little of that. If everybody did that, it would probably take, it wouldn't solve the problem, but it would, it would take some of the pressure off at a couple of years to when social security becomes a crisis. You know, and part of what's going on is, you know, we're, you know, we're living longer in retirement. And so mm-hmm. the longer you delay your payment, the bigger payment you get, which works out in your favor, the longer you live. So if everybody's right. living longer and everybody's, you know, that kind of compounds in terms of the longer you wait, the more beneficial it may be towards you. And so let's talk a little bit about kind of what's going on, what some of the funding scenarios might be and how that might impact decision based on facts instead of fear. Right. So so right now, Social Security is funded by a 12.5% tax on payroll up to the first $160,200 of your earnings every year. Mm-hmm. So, so how, uh, what approaches could Congress eventually take to fix the problem? Um, obviously, they could increase that twelve point. And I, I, we should preface this by saying that, all right, like our expectation, and other authors that have written on this lately kind of echo this, is that actual cuts to benefits probably aren't likely. Not that they're off the table, but the, the, we would expect that workers will bear the brunt of changes to Social Security, not retirees, right? More or less. So, so one one thing that could happen, and is likely to happen, is that twelve and a half percent tax can go up. You know, and it doesn't necessarily take a huge change to it to help shore up Social Security. Mm-hmm. The other, the other thing is that $160,000 limit, you know, when, so right now, if you, if you make more than $160,000, say you make $200,000 a year, after you pass the $160,000 mark, you're not paying social security tax, but your benefit doesn't go up anymore either. Right. And so one solution that I've heard 
with some traction is to get rid of that limit so that all of you, uh, you know, if you're a high income earner making more than $160,000, all of your income would be taxed at 12 and a half percent, but your benefit wouldn't go up still. Right. And that, you know, that would be seen politically as a tax on wealthy people who can probably afford to pay it. And it in the in the spectrum of things that politicians can do to fix Social Security seems to be um, more palatable. Yeah, well, it's similar to what they do with Medicare, right? Right. They, they don't want to call it means testing, but um, essentially, yeah, what, what Nick's getting at there is if you're paying for Medicare Part B, your premium on that is based on your income. Right. Plus, well, so Medicare, if you're a high income earner, mm-hmm. think over 200000 you have to actually pay. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the surcharge. The, yes. The surcharge, right. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I was thinking on the back end in retirement, you were thinking while they're working. Well, but both, yes. both ways. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, um, so those are, you know, those are some things that could be done. They also, you know, full retirement age right now, uh, I believe. We pretty much we're pretty much at sixty seven for everybody. It's been a sliding scale from sixty six to sixty seven, but we could see that get moved out to more accurately reflect, um, to more accurately reflect longevity that we see now. Mm-hmm. You know, and remember that when Social Security's age was originally set at sixty five, um, almost ninety some years ago now, it was uh, the life expectancy was just a little bit less than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 you know, life expectancy has gone way up while our full retirement age has only gone up slightly. And that's part of the problem is mm-hmm. instead of being a um, protection against longevity and poverty for the select few who lived a long time in retirement, it has become an expected part of funding a long retirement. Right. Also, you know, the formula, I, I wouldn't, to me, it seems like that formula where it goes up 8% for delaying, that could be tweaked too. That wouldn't surprise me as much as benefit changes to, to existing beneficiaries. But, and you know how these things work. It's actually likely to be some combination of different things that ticks everybody off a little bit, right? Right. <laughs> um, but absolutely. Well, you know, then they're going to wait until the last minute to do it when the solution's much easier. Oh, right yeah, now. no, <laughs> and, and 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 people will get all. There will be politicians making all kinds of hay around this and building elections around how they're going to fix the problem. You know, keep in mind the old cliche that Social Security is the third rail of American politics, mm-hmm. and what. You know, what that's referring to is the third rail on the subway line is the one that carries the electricity, right? If you right. touch the third rail, you're going to get fried. And just think back to January, um, the State of the Union address, when um, when the president brought up um, some of his opponent's thoughts on Social Security, it caused quite the uproar. Nobody in Congress, regardless of party, wants to be accused of messing with retirees benefits right and so 
it's going to be an interesting fight. But that's why I expect, well, I shouldn't say I expect, I hate to make it sound like a prediction, but the expectation is probably that workers will bear the brunt of this rather than retirees. And I think, you know, as people are thinking about making this decision, one of the things too is that, you know, the current thing right now is there would be in 2034, they're projecting if we do nothing, there'd be a 23% cut to benefits, right? Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't mean benefits are stopping. And so no. kind of the fallacy of the argument of let's take early Social Security so I can get it while it's there is if you take Social Security early, we do actually get a benefits cut. They're going to base it on the benefit that you took, right? Right. Yeah. So if, that benefit, if your base was bigger because you waited... You know, I, I let's not pretend to think about how Congress would build that formula. But yeah, I see what you're saying. That if, if you're starting from a higher amount and they do a fixed percentage for everybody, it would be better right. to have waited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, so. but you know, I think it's just the bigger idea of how, making financial decisions based on facts and not emotions, right? Right. Right. So if, if you let your emotions kind of cloud your judgment, and I say this to people all the time, people make the worst financial decisions when there's the most mm-hmm. chaos going on in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you get all wrapped up in the politics of this, if you, you know, if you're losing sleep over what's going on with Social Security and how dysfunctional our, you know, Congress seems to be mm-hmm. at various times, <laughs> you know, you're, you may potentially make a decision to take Social Security early based on what your emotions are. And that could potentially cause you harm in the long term. Right. Well, you know, I've been thinking about this too. And, you know, we deal with people day in and day out and the psychology around money and retirement. Drawing early is kind of people's default. Like that's like, that's what feels best to most people. And usually when we're talking about delaying social security, although this has gotten better because there's a lot of, there's a lot of media out there, you know, not the stuff talking about social security running out of benefits, but financial planning media has done a good job of explaining to people the benefits of delaying. So I'm seeing more, you know, pre-retirees come in saying, Hey, I know I should probably delay my benefit. Does that make sense for me? Whereas for years, the default has been, well, I can draw at 62. So I thought that's what I should do because it feels psychologically better to have that check in the mail from the government as opposed to drawing from my portfolio, mm-hmm. even if, you know, and so then we're running the numbers and coming up with, you know, here's the counter argument for why you might want to delay based on longevity, based on your portfolio, yada, yada, yada. And I, to me, this just feels like one more thing that people are going to point to, to justify doing what they already want to do anyway. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. And, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and draw it 62 because the government's going to run out of money and not be able to print those checks if I wait, or they'll change the benefits, yada, yada, yada. And, and really what they're and a lot of, a lot of what they're saying is I really would just feel better if I started drawing anyway. So here's another reason to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, I don't want this to sound like, hey, everybody should delay taking social security. Good reasons to take it at 62 or 65. But I think it's more about making that decision and trying to take the emotions out of it. Right. One of the interesting things that I loved out of this article and, and actually something that somebody 
just um, one a congressman, Senator Bill Cassidy, proposed changing the terminology, right? Yes. Right now, 62 is considered early mm-hmm. eligibility age, and he wanted to change it to minimum benefit age. Yes. He's been reading behavioral finance textbooks, <laughs> yeah. I think. Because when you he, it was he would change sixty two to minimum benefit age and seventy to maximum benefit age right. to remind people that they're going to get more if they wait and to frame yeah. it differently. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah, or not it happens, who knows? Well, well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, he's right. Just different way to think about it in terms yeah. of you know, and and sometimes yeah. in the public, that's a a good thing to, in terms of how we frame that. So yeah. We'll see how this plays out. All you got to do is think back to the uh, 2000 election with George Bush and uh, Al Gore and the lockbox debate. You know, this is nothing new. Al Gore was going to put Social Security in a lockbox. And we never did find out what that was going to mean. But the bottom line is this has been going on for a while. It's nothing new. And it will probably go right up to the brink before they fix it. Yeah, well, and just a great reminder, Dave, to you know, be ready for this because it's going to become a lot more front and center as we get right. into election season. Yeah. And so, yeah, be psychologically ready for it. Yeah, right. don't exactly. don't panic. Just remember, most politicians, the thing they're weakest at is economics. They don't have to take an economics test before they run for office. So, yeah. um, or a, or a logic test. <laughs> but yeah. but anyway, <laughs> that's 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 we won't go any further with that. There you go. Well, this has been great, Dave. I think yeah. uh, if our listeners have questions on Social Security or Social Security claiming strategies, they can email us at info at srbadvisors.com. We should uh, link to that old podcast too, where we talked about strategies. Yes, we will show. We will throw that in the show notes. Uh, if you haven't heard that one, feel free to go back and check it out. Until next time, my friend. Thank you, sir. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.